shanked at the right side by Howden. Rebound side of the goal. They have scored. Howden did bank it home. Vegas wins in overtime. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. This one is over. 6-0. A shutout victory in game six for the Vegas Golden Knights. For the second time in six seasons, the Golden Knights will play for the Stanley Cup. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out at the Oyo Hotel and Casino inside the Underground Lounge. Darren Millard. Out in Sunrise, Florida, and Bobby Machado back in the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the Woo! There we go, there we go. We got the Woo going. It's not uh, between games two and three of the Stanley Cup final. We'll reconvene tomorrow at Florida Live Arena for the opportunity for the Vegas Gold Knights to put a stranglehold on this series or the Florida Panthers uh, back into this thing. Uh, plenty to talk about as the teams both practiced today and uh, got uh, down to business. Uh, lots uh, of media availability surrounding this series. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable uh, how I've been able to just walk around the arena during this Stanley Cup uh, final between the game over at T-Mobile and now here in the uh, and out with a bunch of people and uh, get some insight into into what's been happening and what uh, has taken place so far in this series and the overriding sentiment right from here, having watched the two victories by the Vegas Golden Knights in which uh, they've been able to score 11 goals on a netminder, 12 goals in the series, but 11 goals on a netminder, has been how Vegas has been disciplined and... Now, Vega is getting better the last four periods. Yeah, I, you know, for me, it, the and and that that really is kind of the, the the series so far through two games, right? It's the uh, it's the Golden Knights' ability to be disciplined, to to not get goaded into taking extra penalties in the extracurriculars after the whistle and. You know, when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights and their ability to, to grow into a series, I think that they've been able to do that in every series that they've played so far in the postseason. They have finished better than they've started, and that should be cause for concern for the Florida Panthers. Think about the Winnipeg set. Uh, the worst game in the playoffs was that opener of the Stanley Cup postseason in which Winnipeg was able to do it in part their game on the Vegas Golden Knights and that actually lasted into game two mm-hmm. before things switched but with more emotion on the wild that we're talking about the emotion Florida Panthers being their downfall really tweaked it for Vegas with some emotion at the end of the first period of game number two way back when uh, against the Winnipeg Jets remember as Petrangelo took a penalty uh, he was emotional he was engaged it brought everybody into the game uh, the important thing was they were able to kill off that penalty and get through a period that was uh, held in by Lauren Bersois. And that flipped the switch for Vegas, and they ran a rush up uh, through majority of the rest of, of that series, barring the uh, the third period of Game 3 when Winnipeg stormed back and forced double overtime. But it was all Vegas, uh, predominantly, during that set. 
against the Evan Toilers, a back and forth affair uh, where one team would answer the other team's uh, splendid performance in games five and six. It was Vegas really establishing its total game on the heels of a lot of emotion that we witnessed in game number four of that series with the uh, countering the suspensions by Darnell Nurse and Alex Petrangelo. But Vegas established themselves and won not comfortably in game six to close it out because they did lean on Aiden Hill in that final period, but they had a cushion uh, going into that final one. And then against uh, the Dallas Stars, great out of the gate, a little bit of a dip, but when it came time to really respond, they were by far the better team, and that momentum appears to have carried over. And I, I wonder if, how much you can learn from your past, be, being players that have been here and championships or been here uh, to a Stanley Cup final, and that's been managed for Vegas, but also recent uh, experience in what occurred against the Dallas Stars and Dallas being able to respond. That's what everybody expecting from Florida in Game Three to serve up their team. How much does Vegas uh, uh, recall from what happened in Dallas uh, and be able to push back when when the uh, opposition is so desperate? And I would put I would put Florida in the same situation it was in Game of that set where it was all or nothing. Florida goes down three nothing. There's a lot of all or nothing in, in this series. It's as close to a must-win game for the Florida Panthers without their season being on the line, and that's the way that I look at it. I'm expecting the Florida Panthers to come with their absolute best effort tomorrow in game number three because, as we've seen, like you go up 3 nothing, It's not automatic, but it's as close to automatic as you can possibly get. If you're Florida, you've got to find a way to bring a better game to the Vegas Golden Knights. I just I wonder if where the Vegas Golden Knights are at right now in, in how they're executing their game plan, if it'll be enough. I, I hope that we get a really solid game tomorrow, but it has to be the Florida Panthers' best effort so far of the series and probably their best effort of the year. Ron Will from the NHL Network is going to stop by. We're doing a bit of a swap today because I was over on the NHL Network uh, earlier today. Uh, with Jameson Miller and Mike Rupp and uh, Brian Boyle is uh, not on site for the series, but has been watching very closely for the games in Florida. He'll be back in Vegas and we'll get uh, his impression of what he watched uh, happen at the Vegas goal of the night, taking that nothing series lead on home ice and how you push that further as the series moves to the East. Uh, some Housekeeping to bring you up to date on the two practices today before we get into the media availability from Root as and then you'll hear from Mark uh, uh Both teams work out today uh, from Vegas side to surprises. Other than that, that William Carlson not perfect, nothing uh, significant here from an injury standpoint. Carlson was kept off the ice just because he's under the weather. We've seen uh, different players go through this uh, so far. Two months long. So uh, surprising that uh, you spend that much time together. They're a bit of a bug we'll go, go through. So they're just keeping, uh, I think, uh, William Carlson maybe a little bit separate in the team. Uh, you can in, in situation also not being on the ice and, and, uh, and allowing him to recover. Uh, I, uh, it'll be 
uh, determines moral. Uh, whether he'll play didn't sound like it was going to be a big issue, but uh, more precautionary is the feeling I got from head coach Bruce Cassidy today regarding uh, William Carlson's uh, status. So if you saw the reports, Carlson didn't practice. That's true. But I don't think it's going to be a, a huge hindrance. Uh, we'll wait and see how that uh, that illness develops. Everything else was uh, was pretty good. Uh, went through the practice or worked on uh, a couple things, uh, small drills, uh, small space uh, competition type drills, uh, uh, work uh, uh, some of their fundamentals uh, as, as the series goes on. And just uh, after the travel day yesterday, an opportunity to get everybody going. Unlike the games in Vegas, they will have the opportunity to do a morning gate tomorrow. Uh, and uh, I anticipate that you'll be uh, uh, a bit more dialed in as far as uh, and, and a chance to just fine to tweak that kind of uh, thing uh, as the special teams are going good uh, right now. But that's, that's the latest that uh, roster updates was Carlson didn't practice, but he is undetermined for tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, as far as William Carlson goes, we'll, uh, we'll obviously we'll keep an eye on that as we get closer. As you mentioned, Darren, it's, you know, you, you being there, it's, it's great information that you're bringing along here when it comes to William. Um, I, I'm hopeful, right, that he's able to play because, one, I think the Golden Knights are just a better team when William Carlson is, is in the lineup, and he's been so instrumental so far in this run that you know, hopefully he's able to just get, uh, get himself into a situation where he's feeling better and he's able to go tomorrow for the Golden Knights. Uh, from the further side of it, uh, confirmation that Sprowski will be in for Panthers goal in game number three. So his third straight start, uh, Bobrovsky was lit in game number two. It's now four straight straight with the Golden Knights point in the set have chased the opposition's number one goaltender, uh, and that has to be some kind of uh, record goal where you, you matter to uh, force an in-game change by the opposition coach. Uh, Redko Gudas, who uh, was in and up during game number one, uh, was banged up in that game, and the opener of the series, and then left early on in game number two after taking the hit by uh, Barbershop and then banged his head on the ice, uh, left very wobbly, uh, and uh, we suspect, I would call it a body injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I would also label it a concussion without being told it was a concussion. Uh, but surprisingly, Paul Maurice, the Panthers coach, declared Gudis will be a go tomorrow. He didn't practice today, yeah. but Paul Maurice declared Gudis will be in the lineup. Uh, he is a depth guy. He's a very uh, important guy emotionally for the Florida Panthers. But what that will do for the Florida Panthers, and it's got an, uh, an influence on how they're going to line up. They went with 11 and 7, 11 forwards and 7 defensemen in, in game number two. That was a, a real a fortunate decision because Gudis left so early that they weren't left uh, shorthanded with defensemen. But I would highly anticipate, given the status of Gudis not being uh, a full participant in either of the first two games and how he plays the game, how physically uh, involved he is, uh, and having not been able to uh, play the entire uh, previous games, I would think that they would go with seven defense again and, and make sure that they've got some uh, some 
uh, insurance there for, for Gudis and his status. And they don't go deep on the forwards anyway for ice time. Yeah. It's not a huge uh, uh, hindrance, but uh, just something to, to, to watch as far as the lineup goes for the Florida Panthers. Uh, it was um, it was a funny exchange today uh, from, from Paul Maurice, and we'll hear from Bruce Cassidy in just a second. But uh, but Paul Maurice was was asked about which goaltender he's going to, to play, and his response was Bobrovsky. And he followed up in a, in a later answer, just saying, "I know you guys, being the media, have a job to do, yeah. and you either have too much time, or there's too many of you here. But you." You're coming and grasping some some straws. I'm paraphrasing that, uh, meaning that uh, that the reporter who asked the question got the short end of the straw and and uh, and volunteered for what was not uh, what he deemed to be uh, a question that needed to be asked. Now he was very uh, he wasn't uh, dismissive with his answer. He was funny more than anything, but he he doesn't see the goaltending. Uh, from a broadly type of uh, thing to be worried about by the, for the Florida Panthers. Do you agree with that? Um, I, I don't think Bobrovsky's been the problem. I'll be honest. I, I don't, and at no point in time in the last couple of days have I felt like Paul Maurice was going to go a different direction. Yes, Bobrovsky's allowed four goals in both of his starts here in the Stanley Cup final, but I'd make the argument that there hasn't really been a, a truly bad goal that he's given up. Uh, the other aspect, too, is Alex Lyon came into the game and he allowed three goals. It's not like Alex Lyon came in and was lights out and was, was you know, leaps and bounds better than what you were getting out of Sergei Bobrovsky. He's a $10 million goaltender. He's the guy that you turn to when your season was on the brink in round number one against the Boston Bruins, and he went on an absolute tear. I, I, I didn't see any situation where... Paul Maurice wasn't going to come was going to come back with anybody but Sergei Bobrovsky in game number three. Uh, he also was asked about the misconducts and the undisciplined play and whether or not he had to get more out of his team. And this shows the humor of Paul Maurice. Boy, this is a, a great privilege to be covering the series with the two head coaches. As uh, entertaining as they are, as forthright as they are, as uh, accommodating as they are. Uh, but uh, Paul Maurice said. Uh, do you need more out of my team, as in more misconducts? No, I think we've got that part covered. And uh, and we all had a chuckle uh, with, with that answer. Uh, yeah. But he, he did admit uh, they, they have to uh, be more in control, can't push the envelope. But he said part of being in the way you are in more control is you play a better game, you don't fall behind, and you're uh, leading instead of uh, trying to force the issue, and you're in a better spot. And, uh, and he's confident in his club uh, on that side of it and, and where they're, they're going to be able to take. Now, that's, he's going to say that. Uh, he's got to rally the troops uh, in this case against the Golden Knights club that's, that's very comfortable. But there's, there's one area, and let's see if you agree or the listeners are with me on this. A TV executive who I'm very familiar with in my life, uh, brought this up to me today, my old boss at uh, Sportsnet. Mm -hmm. He said, there's very strong similarities to the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens from a couple of years ago. And he started walking me through it. And at first I thought, I, I don't know what you're talking about, and uh, I can't believe you were my boss. But then he started 
mentioning a couple of things. I'm like, oh, that, that's why you were calling the shots back in the day. Uh, let's start with unexpected to make the playoffs. Well, the Florida Panthers at the start of the year were defending President's trophy winner. Uh, I didn't buy that. But halfway through the year, they were in a really tough predicament. Yeah. They rallied. They made the playoffs. They squeaked in. Uh, the Florida Panthers rallied from a 3-1 series deficit. What did the Montreal Canadiens do in the playoff? Against they the beat Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you've got two check marks. Uh, let's go with who is in goal for the Montreal Canadiens. Carey Price. Yeah. How much money did he make a year? $10 million. Yep. What's uh, Sergei Bobrovsky's uh, ticket? $10 million. Yep. There, there's another one. And I'll finish it off with a stall. Eric Stahl played for the Montreal Canadiens. And this time, the Florida Panthers won up the Habs because they not only have Eric, but they have his brother. Uh, so uh, that, that just the, the stars were kind of aligning there. And I, there's nothing to it. But I thought it was a, a cool thing to, to talk about in the sense of the similarities between those two teams and what happened to the Montreal Canadiens in the Stanley Cup final. They ran up against a juggernaut that was really feeling it in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you could say the same for the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights, who are as uh, much of a groove right now as as we've seen uh, in these playoffs. Go back to the, to the Winnipeg series, uh, games four and five of that one. They were rolling, and uh, and I'd say that was probably the best stretch. Uh, maybe games five and six against Edmonton, where they were really good. Dallas was a close series, even though they're up three nothing. That one had overtime games all over the place. So uh, I, I think uh, games uh, six against Dallas and game one and two here, it probably the three best consecutive games that we've seen Vegas play, like Tampa did a couple of years ago against Montreal. Are you feeling that vibe? Are you, are you getting what I'm pitching here? I mean, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, and I, I do believe, as, as I've kind of held firm to this, that it'll end in a very similar fashion to how it ended for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, I, I, I think the Golden Knights are, are, and through two games so far, have proven that they are deeper than the Florida Panthers, and they are firing on all cylinders right now. So let's get into uh, Bruce Cassidy and uh, what uh, went down today regarding media availability and the questions that, uh, that he was tossed uh, up. Uh, discussed chemistry. You'll hear him uh, bring uh, the commentary regarding how close this team is. Jonathan Marsh is getting a lot of attention through the first two games of this series, along with uh, Ivan Barbashev. Discipline uh, as well and uh, goaltending. But uh, let's start off uh, with an update on the uh, the missing William Carlson from practice. Here's Bruce Cassidy at the microphone today. On William Carlson, and then second, obviously the power play has been getting on the board lately. Is there something specific you've liked about it? Uh, Carly's just a little under the weather. He'll be fine tomorrow, so we kept him away from the rink. Um, power play, you know, they're, they're a pressure team, so we've, we've had to respond to that, make sure we had quick puck movement. I thought game one on our entries, we... we we were able to expose the middle of the, you know, get people into the middle. Marshy scores that way. We had a couple other good looks um, to counter their aggressiveness when they push you outside. So um, last game, not as good, but we rotated a puck over to the elbow and got the screen in front, right? So um, 
we weren't quite as clean, but managed to score a big goal early on. I think the one late, well, again, they were up ice. They're trying to create something. So, But again, good reaction to pressure and get an odd man rush and finish. So <clears throat> timely goals in the power play is something we talked about much more than the actual percentage. Um, it's, as I said, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But so far in the first two games, we it's been there for us. Back right. Uh, Greg Wyshynski with ESPN Habers. Um You've got former captains on other teams in your locker room. You have a group of guys that have been there since the beginning with this Golden Knights team. When you arrived, were you ever surprised or impressed by how everything kind of comes together without there being a bunch of egos or clicks or things like that in that room? Well, you never know, right? There's a lot of good players, top-end guys, so you got to sort through that. And, um, you know, Some of that's coming on us as a staff to make sure we get that message across that it's about the the crest on the front, not the name on the back, and still have respect for the, you know, the, what they've accomplished. So there's always that balance. Um, and and then you go to character, right? They're, we just have good guys. They're good guys. They're, they're willing to do whatever, you know, is asked. And, and, you know, as long as they believe in it, and I think they believe in our style of play, there's good defensive structure, there's accountability, but there's also freedom on the offensive side of things. We're not robots out there. So I think it's worked well for our group. And, it's really shown here in this playoff. <coughs> Left side, second row. Hi, Bruce. Jesse Granger at The Athletic. You guys have played really well on the boards, especially game two. What do you think was the biggest key to that, and, and how do you continue that moving forward? Well, there's will and courage and commitment if you're going to be good on the boards, right? Because we know they're coming. They're, they're, they're a team that likes to press and create their turnovers there, and we've talked about that. If we can support the puck be real close to it on those board battles, and then you get into some foot races. We, we like our chances when that happens. So um, it's been a big key of the series, and we knew that coming in. When you play teams that are aggressive with their pressure, you better be ready for it. Now, they've had some solid hits because of that, and other times we've, we've beaten them to our spot, so to speak, and, and won a race for a puck. So um, th- that's that's what we feel will be in play again tomorrow. Until it changes, we got to be ready for it. And Again, you got to hang in there, and if you can... Use a little deception, I think, in your breakout. Uh, change your direction. Sometimes you'll catch them in between as well, them being aggressive, so that we've built some of that in and um, managed to find the, the right mix. Front right. Hey, Bruce. Ian McIntyre from Sportsnet. Uh, Marcia has been so good for so long now, I think it's easy to forget how much he scuffled at, to build a career. And oftentimes those guys stay hungry, right, because they had to work for it. Do you see that in him uh, I mean everybody knows what he means to the crew yeah what do you see as far as the fire there's a lot of that and, and even internal in practice every day he's he's that guy that wants to outperform if he's in a white sweater and the other guy's in a gray then he wants to outperform him so that's just who Marshy is he's a competitive guy with um you know with everything he does it's certainly in practice when it's those type of drills sometimes the flow drills is you know, you see the best out of our group when, when our practice isn't going well, we try to build in something competitive, a two-on-two, two, a three-on-three, three, small ice game, anything to get them going. And so he's a lot like the rest of our group. Now it matters. Something's on, at, at stake. It's not just the coach blowing the whistle for a drill that he thinks is going to help them or something like that. It's, it's competitiveness where they get to compete against another. Marshy is probably the top guy at that. And there's a little bit of that history, right? He's had to battle. He's went through different teams in the American League and different teams in the NHL and, and – uh, you know, good for him. It's a good mentality. It works for him. Um, and uh, he, he's never to the point where he feels like he can rest or be comfortable. And like I said, it's worked well for his career, and it's working well for him this year. Right left. Tracy Myers, NHL.com. Uh, Bruce, oh. with 
Ivan Barbashev, you had to go against him in 2019, but how valuable has he been with you all, and, and how quickly did he get chemistry with, uh, with Jonathan and Jack? Well, he's been good from day one. Um, we didn't know where he'd play, to be honest. He's played both wings. We weren't going to use him in the middle. We are strong down the middle. And it ended up, I think, right away with Jack. And Marshy had been there for a little bit. Um, Stoney was injured, obviously, so we thought about Stevie. But, you know, we put him with Jack, a net presence, a guy to good on the walls, get, get him, you know, pucks underneath to low speed. So we've kept him there for the most part. I think we went away for, from it for maybe a, a week or something. But um, I saw him in St. Louis. He had a different role. He was more of an energy guy there. I think it was Sunquist and... I forget Steen maybe was the other winger, but they, they played hard. Like, you know, you going back on pucks, they were going to finish checks all over the ice. He still does that here, but we've put him in more of a, a skill role. And he may or may not have been that player. Don't forget, it's four years ago. I don't know. Obviously, whatever they did in St. Louis worked. I saw it firsthand, so the lines were appropriately built. Um, but there, there's an area we thought we could get more out of him, and he has. He's he's He can make small area plays. He sees the ice. The good thing about if you're going to play with Jack, he can't be one of those guys that needs the puck in the neutral zone a lot because that's where Jack excels. He, on a breakout, he comes underneath, and he wants it through the between the blues like a lot of centermen. So he understands that, that, you know, get it off the wall to him and then go get open in the other end. And, and it's worked really well, and he's willing to get in there. So that's what he's done for that line in our team. You've seen the physicality. Whether he's on whatever line he's on, he's still going to bring that element. Um, just a really good pickup for us and something we felt – when we picked him up, Stoney was out, who was an interior presence for us, and then Will Carrier we lost, who was an interior presence. So we were, you know, he, he was a real important for, for how we wanted to play. And I'd put Brett Howden in that category. He's come in and done a little bit of that for us too. So um, it's just made us harder to play against. Take three more questions. Back right. David Amber with Sportsnet. Hey, Bruce, just wondering about, you just mentioned the physicality, and you guys have been able to play within a framework. Uh, what's been the messaging for you guys to play that physical, tough brand of hockey, but stay disciplined and effect, it's been effective even when the Panthers have maybe tried to drag you into some other things. Well, we can play that game, and I think our guys are veteran enough guys that they can keep their cool and their composure. I mean, no one likes to get hit. No one likes to see Jack Eichel get hit or anybody for that matter. Mario got hit coming through the middle. It is a little bit of playoff hockey where you have to balance your response um, with discipline and, and keep it in check, and, and we're trying to do those things. And uh, I think some of it, the, the messaging is – I mean, Petro's won a cup, Phil Kessel's won a cup, Martinez, Barbie, you know, they've been there, they've seen it. And, and it, so it comes from internally that this is part of it. There you ha the scrums to me, sometimes you got to take a punch in the face. That's just the way it works. And, and hopefully you stay out of them and, and you don't get on the wrong side of those. But Nick Hag's done that as well as anybody. I think we were prepped for this a little bit through the Edmonton series too. That one got a little nasty and we're able to get through it. And, um, and come out on it, come out the other side, all right. So I think we we were prepared a little bit for this type of series, and I think we've handled it fine so far. We'll take two more right side, third row. Uh, Sergey Feldman, NHL.com International. Coach, um, there's X's and O's to consider when you're on the road. There's the environment, et cetera. But how much of what has been successful for you guys been a matter of the guys bonding off the ice? Yeah, the X's and O's for us won't matter where we play, to be honest. The matchups maybe a little bit, but even then. Um, but our guys, I was, I was just asked that question. So one thing I've learned, like in Vegas, everyone lives in uh, Summerlin, which is about 25 minutes. So the bonding is happening a little bit because of everyone's in the same community. So you're, 
you know, the guys are sharing rides or the wives are together. You know what I mean? It's not like a big city where everyone's going a different direction soon as practice is over. So there's a little bit of that built into to our situation that, you know, there's a little bit unique maybe to some other markets. So I think that's helped. That's just my impression being here almost a year now. And I think the guys just genuinely like each other. So that that's character and that's a, a good job by management to put people in their room that fit. And uh, you don't always get that. Um, we have it, and most of the good teams find a way to, to have that, and we're certainly one of them. Last one, front right. Uh, Bruce, in addition to the guys from the expansion draft, you, you brought in Amadio, you've been on waivers three times. You brought in Howden, who was you know, basically was to, out of New York. How do you embolden players like that? Because the Vegas seems to have a long history of making players who feel elsewhere not a fit to make them a fit. And second, based on your previous que- answer before, what was the worst punch in the face you ever had to take in hockey? Uh, I, well, I wasn't a fighter, so, um, oh, God, I can't even remember. I, I probably stayed out of the fray, unfortunately. If I'd have got in a little more, I might have had a longer career. <laughs> but um, but going back to the, the first question, um, well, we're built that way, right? We, we are. They're, they're, I mean, guys were, that weren't wanted. And I shouldn't say that because... I remember we left in Boston. I think it was Colin Miller. And it's not like we didn't like Colin Miller. We just, the rules were we had to leave someone exposed, right? So at the end of the day, uh, those guys are, so so Amadio and Howden have come from that, back, right? So and, and they feel comfortable in the room. They're not walking in and going, geez, these guys were drafted and developed. I'm an outsider. You know, they, they walk into a room where Marcia So, Smitty, uh, you know, you name them. There's a lot of guys in there that have been through this. So they have that togetherness or bond of, of uh you know, maybe being not wanted the first time around or whatnot. How we've empowered them or emboldened them. I think we look at our lineup. How do we, how does, we do pairs a lot. I do as a coach. So Stone and, Steve, and Stevie are good together. So Carly and Smith are good together. We're trying to put Marshy with Jack. Now, who do we fit around them? What do they need? And that's where Howden can, you know, he's got speed. He can check. He'll get to the net. Well, Stevie and Stoney, you know, maybe is a good fit there. We started that in camp. Amadio was Carly and Smitty because, he can make plays off the wall, and they're a good rush line. Yet, we needed a guy to go to the net. So credit to Michael Amadio. We pulled him aside and said, you may have to change what you did in junior and the American League is being the guy making the play to the guy to the net. As opposed, You now have to be the guy at the net as opposed to, and Carly will, Smitty will get you the puck, but you have to go in there. That's where you get punched in the face. That's where you get hacked and slashed and whacked. So there's a bit of a mindset. Barbashev fit right in, Michael and Marsh, because he does that. So now you got three lines with guys that – pieces that can complement the line. So that's where it came, where we, we allowed them to try to be the guy. And then you deal with the sort of the fallout of, well, he's not a top line player. Well, you don't know that till he plays. How about we have three top lines and we just, you know, not have to put all our best players in one line. So there's an argument for and against that. That's how we did it. And, and they've taken the ball and, and run with it for the most part. Uh, and we've kept our fourth line intact that we've loved since day one. So it's worked out for us. If those guys weren't able to finish plays, Elliot, we would have probably had to change things up. But Barbie can finish. You've seen Howden finish and Ammo. So credit to them for being able to get it done. Because if they don't, Ten seconds, guys. the plan doesn't work. And, you know, then you have to go a different direction. And maybe you're not as strong a four-line team. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. The always informative Bruce Cassidy, who uh, chatted with me about uh, some biking uh, earlier today, as well as our regular visits uh, that we've had uh, lately during the course of uh, both the VGK Insider Show and the Chirp Podcast. But uh, a lot to unpack there. I- I've got a couple of things I'm going to say for the next segment, but what jumped out at you, Brian? 
I, I mean, obviously the the understanding of uh, of what it takes to win, certainly in the postseason, the 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 way that this team has been able to bond together and and kind of the proximity and, and the uniqueness of Vegas and and that that was a, a different a different level of, of kind of understanding for me. And then you know that last part there from Bruce when he's talking about uh, how you can balance things out, looking in pairs, trying to fit players around. And, and adjusting certain uh, certain situations, certain players' games to fit what the line needs so that you can go out there and have, in essence, three top lines. I, I think that, that that, to me, is, is a big reason why the Golden Knights are at where they're at right now. I'm going to pull on that string just a little bit uh, after the break and ask you the question. Think about this. Is the impact of the depth of the Vegas Golden Knights more influential on the offensive side or defending and the mention of Summerlin geography playing a role in this Vegas Golden Knights journey and I've got a great comparison for you and it's a good one as far as uh, possibly winning a championship it's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Wednesday. Ryan Wallace hanging out at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We are here every single week, usually on a Wednesday, sometimes on a Thursday, depending on when the Golden Knights are playing hockey games and with Vegas taking game three tomorrow in sunrise florida we are back here on our usual day inside the underground lounge oil hotel and casino father's day special at hooters it's coming up 10 buy 10 wings get 10 wings any style that's what you have to look forward to so bring your dad out here for father's day it's the great thing to do you got pool season officially underway plenty of food and drink specials there and as i mentioned the father's day special at hooters 10 wings buy 10 get 10 uh, it's north america's largest hooters restaurant so that's fantastic stuff iconic chicken wings we know what we're doing there as we bring in darren millard from sunrise florida darren how jealous are you that i'm here at oyo and you're there in sunrise florida Although I'm on the, the shores of the Atlantic, Fort Lauderdale, and the beach, there's a sailboat just going by. Just go to, to uh, a picture of it. That's the view that I'm looking at to my right. And uh, spectacular, but I'm very glad to you being down there at the point. Anticipation of getting over uh, the uh, journey that, that took place in 2018. They have now gone one game deeper into the Stanley Cup playoffs as far as recording victories 14 uh, compared to 13 in the expansion year, two off um, from a uh, championship, and they're closing in. A couple of guys uh, uh, that are influential in that Mark Stone, the captain, and then you've got. Uh, 
Alec Martinez, who's won a couple of cups uh, at the podium earlier today. Then goats Las Vegas Regional. Uh, Mark, can you just take us through Brett Howden's first goal last game from breaking your stick to going to the bench to JW having one ready for you? Yeah, um, I saw the video of it yesterday. Um, I think he knew that my stick was broken before I actually broke it. Um, he saw me block the shot. Uh, he was dialed in uh, right away to get it ready. Um, I don't know, sometimes I find it weird, guys trying to stick around in the zone and try and play without a stick. Figured I'd take the three seconds to go get one and um, the boys made great play to uh, transition the puck and I was already up there, so it's a great goal. On the left side, second row. Jesse Granger with The Athletic for Alec. Um, we've talked all season about how good you guys are on the road. I'm curious. Um, guys have said how close you guys are and the activities you do. What's your uh, what's the most competitive thing you guys do together um, on the road? Uh, I don't know. I guess in playoffs you have um, you know when you stay in a city for an extended period of time we have a a lounge or not necessarily a lounge but you know our meal room and we've got training tables and you know some of the some of the uh, hotels throw different games in there so it's kind of been a mix and. I think Dallas had Connect Four. There's some pretty heated matchups. Uh, we we played Hangman a little bit. Um, what else? What do we got here? Cornhole. Uh, there's an axe throwing game, and it's not a real axe, so don't be. Uh, poker's always competitive. Yeah, too. yeah. Poker's competitive too. Um, different card games, so it's kind of a mixed bag. Left side. Steve on Associated Press. Mark, you play with Jonathan Marchessault so now for a few years. What is it about a player like him to, to kind of rise to the occasion and, and be able to score big goals? Um, probably his ultra-competitiveness. Um, he'll do anything. I mean, he'll do anything to win a card game. He'll do anything to win a, um, you know, mini basketball hoop game that we play in, in the training room. Um, you see him in practice. He tries to score every shot he takes. Um, I don't know, he's just a super competitive guy. Uh, loves to score goals and, and works on it. Like I said, in practice, he's trying to score every shot he takes, and um, that kind of le leaks into uh, into the game. On the right side, third row. Alec, uh, Corey Hirsch, NHL International. Uh, going off of the off-ice chemistry that you guys have, uh, we talked to Bruce before, and he said, you know, not every team has that, but the good teams mostly do. Uh, as a former cup winner, how much do you think that off-ice uh, chemistry can, can lead to success and hopefully for you guys eventually a cup? Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. It's, um, you know, I've said it before, it's a testament to the to the organization of putting together not only a, a talented hockey team, but a group of guys that like each other. Um, you know, I think it, I've been fortunate to be a part of a, a couple successful teams, and I think you know any any team that has that success, you know they certainly get get along off the ice, and um, you know this here is a special group that guys genuinely love each other, and um, you know I think we, we have a good balance where you know we we certainly have fun, we're hooting and hollering, and um, you know if you watch practice today, you could probably hear it. You know, speaking of. Marchie, he was mic'd up today, but it doesn't take a mic in order for him to be heard. Um, but uh, I think that we also have a good balance of knowing, you know, when when to kind of buckle down and take things seriously. But yeah, I think you know, especially when you face adversity throughout a, you know, a game, a series, or playoffs, um, you know, that's when that uh, camaraderie and that that love for one another really shines through. And you know, it's I don't think you can win without that. Right side, second row. Uh, Dan Rosen, NHL.com. Mark, this is for you. Um, 
I'll continue on the, the road success theme, but I wanted to bring it on the ice. What are some of the reasons that you believe that you guys are successful on the road by what you do on the ice and, and the type of team you are that way? Um, I mean, I think I've said it probably a thousand times. Uh, we roll four lines, we roll 6D, um, and our goalie's been really good. Uh, we're not chasing, you know, certain matchups. Uh, we trust the, the guys that are going over the boards. Uh, I think Butch trusts the guys that are going over the boards. Guys aren't asked to play, you know, 23, 24 minutes. So um, when you have a team like that, you play the right way. Um, every shift you're on the ice, you have the energy to do so. And I, I think that's a key role in that. Front right. Luke Fox, Sportsnet. Alec, um, curious what went through your mind when you realized that Kelly had traded for Jonathan Quick. And how do you think he's handled this role as a backup competitive guy, cup winner? A bit of an unusual situation for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, I was excited. You know, I was when when he ended up getting traded initially. You know, I was in, you know, contact with him, and um, you know, I think that uh, having gone through that before, I mean, by no means am I in uh, the same even universe as Jonathan Quick, but as a guy that you know was that important to the the organization for it to happen. I mean, that's a bit of a shell shock moment for him. You know, um, but. Uh, on the other side of things, I mean, I'm certainly happy that he's here, and I think he's, you know, he's been a really good addition to our room. You know, he's played some big hockey for us. You know, when he when he when he came in, um, got us a lot of big wins. Uh, but you know, I think that he's done a really good job. I mean, he's the ultimate competitor, and you know, he just wants to do whatever it, it, it takes to to help the guys win. And um, I think he's been, you know, I can't speak for some of the other goalies, but I, I would imagine that he's been a really good sounding board for them as a, as a guy that's, you know, had a lot of success in this league and has been around for a long time. So, um, you know, I think, you know, we're certainly happy to have him. I, I was pretty excited to play with him again. I mean, I never, I never anticipated unless I got traded back there that uh, I would ever play with John on quick again, but, you know, certainly happy that I am. Last question, left side, second row. Uh, NHL.com, uh, Neil McHale, NHL.com International. Uh, this question's for either of you. I think heading into this cup final, we talked a lot about both teams' path here um, involving having strong road success. You guys were able to you know, quiet them in the first two games and, and do your business at, at home. What do you do now on the road that's made you so effective, to, you know, obviously with so much on the line now here? Um. You know, obviously we're a great road team throughout the season, but I thought our home record was, uh, I think it was really good uh, after we came back from the break. So uh, we, we're comfortable playing wherever. Uh, you know, Butch doesn't chase matchups at home really either. Uh, obviously he likes to get certain guys out there against uh, certain players in certain situations, but um, he doesn't chase the matchup all night, which is, as players, um, when you know that you're up next, it's, uh, it's a good feeling, right? Um, some, when, sometimes when you're, uh, you know, chasing things and, uh, you know, when their best player gets out there and, you know, you're trying to change the line as, as quickly as you can, you just kind of get a rhythm. But uh, I thought we've done a good job of just sticking the course no matter where the where we're playing the game. Um, but as far as home ice goes, I, I thought we did a good job of just, you know, playing our game, getting our crowd into it. We need to get our crowd into it. Thank you for your time, guys. Thanks. Mark Stone and Alec Martinez from earlier today as they talked to the media after practice and for, you know, the Golden Knights, you, 
you've heard Mark say it time and time again, and we were just talking about it after hearing from Bruce Cassidy, is that the Golden Knights' ability to roll four lines and the trust that Bruce has in every situation with all of his lines is a big reason why the Golden Knights are here. Darren Millard, uh, he's in Sunrise, Florida. He posed a question to me that we're going to get into in just a little bit as to whether or not that da- that balance, that depth, it, if it is more felt offensively or defensively from the Golden Knights. We're going to get into that as we go along here on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Rolling along here down at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. $1 blackjack tables, only casino on the strip doing that. Home of the $2 Bud, Bud Light and Michelob Ultra. And Father's Day is coming up soon. Hooters has you covered. Buy 10 wings, get 10 wings, any style you know what to do for Dad. We're rolling along here, hour number two. We'll talk to Brian Boyle from the NHL Network, and we'll get into one-timers. All that still to come on the VGK Insider Show.